This is Working the Beat. It is Tuesday, April 21st, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney along with Mike Kern. I'm glad you could join us here on a jam-packed edition as we uh, talk about what's going on in the world of sports. And we have a special guest here, and we're going to get right to it on this edition. Mike will join us in a few minutes. But we're going to be joined by Dana O'Neill uh, from The Athletic and Mike Jensen about uh, Mike Jensen from The Inquirer. Um, we'll be talking about uh, where college athletics stands here in the age of the coronavirus. Obviously, the NCAA tournament gone. A lot of uh, programs experiencing shortfalls in revenue. Now the discussion about what goes on with college football, what happens to D2s and D3s. Those conversations will all be part of uh, kind of where we're looking at uh, with athletics as we move forward here. Uh, and there's no... There's in this market and nationally, there's two, there's no better two people. I think I said that right. than Dana and Mike who have a pulse on what's going on within athletic programs. So we will talk to them and get their opinions. Want to give you a heads up on a couple things here before we get into the show. Uh, for one thing, we would love if you would give a review on iTunes, Apple play or uh, iTunes, uh, Google play, uh, Stitcher. We're also uh, now on Spotify uh, to please leave a review and a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, it would also help us out uh, as we're trying to line up advertisers for the show. So if you could leave a review, we would appreciate it. Friday, we have Kevin Nagandi from ESPN. He will join us. We'll talk all things uh, Philadelphia sports with Kevin, who is obviously uh, a huge fan from the area. Uh, big Eagle fan, big Philly fan. Uh, obviously a big Temple Owls fan, maybe their most famous uh, graduate at this point uh, in sports media. So we will talk to Kevin uh, on Friday uh, as we uh, look pack also at round one of the NFL draft with him and see what the Eagles have done. Uh, next week, we've been blessed. Larry Boa has agreed to join us. Uh, Larry is right now, obviously, like all of us, uh, waiting for a baseball season. So we're going to talk to Larry about that what it's like right now and kind of his thoughts on the state of the game as it moves forward here. So some good guests coming up. we got a couple other ones in the can that we are optimistic. We'll be able to get on the show in the next couple of weeks and uh, help you bridge the gap until we get live sports back here at some point uh, in the quarantine age. So, uh, but today we're going to look at the state of the NCAA and that's with Dana O'Neill and Mike Jensen, and they will join us when we're going to be continues right after these messages to reach the sports fans of Philadelphia in a brand new way. This is Kevin Cooney each week. The work to be podcast with Mike Kern and I brings the hottest topics into this sports crazed town with the people and the events that shape the landscape. Now your business could connect with those people by advertising on the work of the B podcast. Join us at 267-546-7277 or email us at workingthebeat at gmail.com to find out how you can reach out to this growing audience. It's the best sports talk in Philadelphia, and you can be a part of it. That's 267-546-7277 or workingthebeat at gmail.com to join the Working the Beat podcast family. And joining us now, the... The fine, two of the finest college reporters in the country, 
Let me start off with a former colleague of mine at the Bucks County Courier Times, went to the Daily News, then to ESPN, now at The Athletic. It's Dana O'Neill. Dana, how are you? I am fantastic. And <laughs> just loving the quarantine. How are you, Kevin? Oh, I'm 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 loving it. Every, I've I've got to know my dogs better than I ever thought I would. Um and then And your dogs appreciate that. Yes, they do. And from the Philadelphia Inquirer, the columnist extraordinaire on college sports, it's Mike Jensen. Mike, how are you? Doing just fine, just fine, just fine. Uh, uh, yeah, Dana goes from talking to McCon or like talking to McConaughey uh, and leading a chat with him to Kern and myself and you. So I don't know it's exactly the same. How the uh, yeah, how the hell that happened? Uh, thanks all for right, jo- all right, all right. Sorry, sorry. Thanks for joining us. Let me. Yeah, uh, what's, your, what's an Academy Award? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Does he really drive a Lincoln? Um. <laughs> All right, guys, let's let's get to topics at hand. Mike, you've been doing a lot of this. And, Dana, you were in Indianapolis when the Big Ten tournament got shut down, the NCAA tournament yep. got shut down. Um, you know, here we are six weeks later after the college basketball season ends, and we're looking at a delayed start with college football and a lot of questions. And, Dana, I'll, I'll go to you. Did you expect even on that day we would have this massive – crisis about where the NCAA could be going when we get to the fall, even at this point? No, I mean, those, like, I don't even know what it was. 24 hours happened so quickly and crazy. Like, you know, we had spent, I, my days all run together. Wednesday, I went to the NCAA offices and sat down with Mark Emmert, who was then laying out of his his plan to have a fanless NCAA tournament. Even that seemed just absurd. And then the next day, like you said, I'm standing on, on the court in Indianapolis where Rutgers and Michigan are warming up and all of a sudden, boom, they yank them off the court. And we're like, what, what's going on? And then everything was like dominoes just falling down. And I remember leaving there and going back to the hotel to write my story. And I was with Brendan Quinn and Pat Forty and Shannon Ryan. And we were all sitting around like, is this necessary? Like, this seems crazy, right? Like, this is this, I guess it's necessary, but is this really necessary? We were all kind of like, what's going to happen? Like, this is nuts. And then thinking like, all right, maybe in a couple of weeks they'll figure something out and the NCAA will be happy that they did it, but it wasn't really, it was overkill. And now I'm like, um, are we going to have a football season? Has my daughter going back to college? It's, it's amazing. All, all the things that have spiraled to this point. And I thought the overkill part was they had killed spring sports. Like they had right. at that point when they announced that they were killing the spring as well, which meant no college world series, no college softball uh, world yep. series. And you thought, well, maybe you know, June, come on. And now hey, that remember, seems. Remember when the Ivy League decided not to play? And I remember, I think, having a conversation with Mike. I thought it was like, I'm like, wait, come on. You can play. Like, why are you guys doing that? And it turned out they were ahead of the curve. Well, they were ahead of the curve and behind the curve at the same time. Okay. Because what they did, they were ahead of the curve on, on, on being the first to say, we're not playing basketball. Uh, where they missed it and where they sort of enraged the teams who were supposed to participate, men and women, uh, four teams from each school, was that they did not cancel everything else. They were sending their wrestlers off. They were sending their hockey players off. Their baseball players were going to Florida. And the basketball players were the only ones canceled. So on that part, their messaging was off. uh, And Dana and I could agree on some other messaging being (laughs) off uh, since then on bigger issues, not just messaging but well in the fifth year is the biggest one 
Yeah. Not, right. Not, I'm actually working on a story about that right now. I talked to some NCA people today about the fifth years for the spring sports and all of that. Yeah, that one I still don't wrap my head around. But yeah, I mean, the Ivy League was like canceling things and we all thought they were nuts. And then, like Mike said, they were they just they were right, but they just they executed it horrifically. Mike, where were you? Where were you when all this came down? I'm trying to remember. Uh, uh, I was going to go to the Ivy League tournament, uh, and and I because I was trying to stay nimble, uh, and and looking at seeing okay, uh, Herb McGee is going to be in Bridgeport, Connecticut for Division Two, right? And Swarthmore is playing, and even the previous weekend, Hopkins had played without mm-hmm. fans. fans, and everyone was like, "Really? You had to do that?" <laughs> I think Hopkins and Amherst were the two that that played in empty gyms and that seems sort of overkill. And then everything, like Dana said, everything, all you guys say, you know, every day was a different days became hours where, no, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And it, it became, you know, just this cascading, uh, cancellations. Uh, so, you know, the Ivy league was going to play, uh, in, in, in empty gyms in, in Cambridge. And then it was sort of like when they canceled, it was like, well, couldn't you just, have brought them, let each team play their game in, you know, higher seeds gym in an empty gym. I mean, obviously the players would play in a playground, but right. then, then the world champs. I was at Cardinal O'Hara High School that Wednesday for, and I was at Ben uh, Salem for the uh, for it was Roman and um, Pemridge that night. Yeah, yeah, you were there, and and I was I I went just to watch the the Chester Gratz game, and then when the game was over. Uh, you know, all of a sudden I called in the office to say, Hey, you know, here's the seventh change to my NCAA story. The A 10 is going to have no fans tomorrow. And Nick, our editor said, got it. Oh, by the way, the NCAA, the NBA just canceled all play. I was like, Whoa, what? (laughs) You know, it's like, what, what's going on here? Wow. And I mentioned that to a PIAA official and he's and his immediate reaction was, uh, well, the PIAA is still playing. And at first I thought he was just sort of being cynical about the PIAA. But then I realized, no, he was like they, proud. They viewed and, it as a badge of honor. And my answer to him immediately was the PIAA better get a clue because <laughs> this stuff was, I mean, this I had just watched a court storming. And it was funny. It was the first time I went to a gym and when people reached out their hands that Wednesday, I didn't reach back. I said, not doing it anymore, mm-hmm. except for one player. I couldn't. Like a Chester player, I talked to him afterwards. Right. I couldn't, like, he put out his hand, and in in the in the two seconds moment, I couldn't come Resist. up with a way to say to him, "No, nah, I'm not shaking your hand without offending him." So I shook his hand, and then uh, literally left that interview, walked out to my car, and washed my hands in the car. And you know, now it it it, it was turning minute by minute into the life we we've lived for the last six weeks. Mike, Kern? yeah, I mean, it's just. I think the thing now is we have to look forward. We we can't. And what scares me is, you know, I just don't see how college athletics can go back to being quote unquote normal or whatever the new normal is until the campuses are okay. Like when Mike Pence meets with the big athletic, uh, the big commissioners last week, and they kind of have to tell him that they're like, well, you know, if we're not on campus in September, how do you expect us to play football? And beyond football, how do you play all the other sports that aren't generating revenue? So, and I think right now that's still very much up in the air is when college life, because they're not pro athletes, they're not getting paid no matter what we want to say about football and basketball. You know, the, these are 19-year-old kids and there's, and there's litigation issues involved and all that. It's going to be 
you know, and I guess you got to know by what, like sometime in July, I guess, or, you know, if you're actually opening campus or do you have camp virtual campus in September and let the kids play with no people in the stands? I, I, I just don't know where this is going to go, but I tend to think on the side, it's going to take longer than people think. Yeah. I think there's a lot of issues like at, at hand with all that. First of all, I mean, you know, as a parent of a daughter who's a, a current freshman in college and I'm paying mm-hmm. tuition for her to take online right. courses, um, I don't feel like it would be right if they tell her stay home. Now, she's living off campus, so theoretically she could next year, but the point being she can't come, but your athletes can. They could deem athletes essential personnel. That's how they can get around it. They can deem them essential personnel and test them every day and do all of these things. But like you said, it's thousands of kids. And then you're asking these kids and their parents even more to make really difficult decisions. Like how comfortable are you? How important is it that your child goes and plays field hockey Dana, in September? Dana, just, do you think that would just apply to football and, and like revenue sports? Or would that have to apply to every sport? But you get into it's a Title IX issue then. They, they're, they're probably, if they do that, they can't do that. Because here's the thing. If they do that. Then they get into the messy situation of, okay, so your sport now hasn't started. Your field hockey team hasn't started. You're pushing it back to the spring. I mean, like, it's a Title IX issue. It's a whole eligibility issue. I mean, you've got kids that are ready to graduate in December. Right. and sure. There's just it, – it's a it's a hot mess. I You know, I've spoken to people at the NCI. I will say they are running through every – just literally today. They are running through every model that you could possibly dream up, and there aren't any easy answers. And I think, honestly, the only fair answer is going to be – it's going to have to be one or the other. Because the other thing you have to get into is, like, okay – um, so the University of Wyoming, where there maybe haven't been that many cases, mm-hmm. can open up. Syracuse or Manhattan University can't, or St. John's. So mm-hmm. you can't, you can't do that. That's you can't right. have twenty-five schools in these states, but none of the. You have to have a blanket policy, and, and I'm pretty sure the commissioners have been pretty adamant in saying the same. Like, look, we can't do this unless everybody is on board. My, uh, Jensen, and, and the, 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 the Pence call was important. Uh, here, all the commissioners saying, no, they, yep. you know, we can't just, you, they're not going to call their people essential personnel because that opens up this whole other can of worms. Of, pay them. A second, they're not employees at all. And you're calling them employees and you're not paying them. Yes. You're giving scholarships. They're not going to do that. They're not opening that door. There's zero chance they're opening that. Door. I just can't, they can't the treat tra- sports differently. Uh, they they were smart enough to know in advance you can do it as a pros you can you can treat them yes. as as petri dish and right. bring them into a some controlled environment uh, you cannot do that to no. if you can't do it to Dana's daughter you you still can't do it to the quarterback at the I University of Alabama they actually had to tell the vice president that like I, I'm I'm sitting there I'm like okay really so so Mike doesn't get that I mean like th- to me that well. It, Shouldn't have even come into the conversation. But I don't. I don't know that he. Yeah, you're right. Went and said you're yeah. going to open up, right? I mean, here right. you got basically you got the, the head coach at, at Clemson and the head coach at Oklahoma State acting like we're right. playing ball. I Correct. think it's as much to, to 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 calm those guys down and saying get in your lane, dudes. Yeah, I will say my daughter bought her football tickets yesterday. <laughs> really, they're still selling tickets. I mean, they, she had to she had to apply for her season tickets as if there will be a. I mean, I you okay. know I get it. Right. So yeah. She applied for them. Yeah. Obviously, there's no guarantee. I, you know, I just I just think you know there's I think Mike is right a hundred reasons. I mean, you you can't. I jokingly said this, but I'm not really jokingly. If you allow college athletes back on campus when regular students aren't, it's like the very definition of an extra benefit. That's not fair. 
you can't do that. I mean, so, you know, I, I just feel like, I also feel like though, because of who we are and what we do and, and everything, people want an answer right now. Well, mm-hmm. it's April 20th. And while it feels like yeah. it's been forever, it's really yeah. only been five and a half weeks that we've gone through this. Progress has been made by doing smart things. They don't have to decide this next month. They could probably wiggle it. You know, I was talking to my husband, as you guys know, he's an athletic trainer about how long, you know, do guys need to get healthy and get acclimated for sporting, you know, July. They need to be, you know, and, and that's with like, you know, if you're starting on the beginning of September, if you push it back a month, you push it back a month. So we don't have to make this decision yesterday. But You have to have plans in place, but you don't have to make the decision. But right. that's yeah. not the kind of society we live in. That, yes. That's, that's why when we're having the president, look, I know the president's trying, I get it. When you have this daily press, we haven't seen him for like three years on a press conference. Now all of a sudden you get him every day for two hours. And it's like you're going over the same ground. And, and like you say, Dana, there's, there's no way you can answer questions. You may not be able to answer them on May 21st or right. or beyond that for all but, I know. And, and let me let me inject this. And, Mike, I think you've talked to some people. Uh, Jensen, you've talked to some people about this. You had a lot of schools who were teetering on financial brinks anyway. And not just mm-hmm. D1. I mean, you talk D2, D3. There were a lot of schools that were really in trouble you had d3 schools that were closing anyway because the the economic one just did today yeah the education who, bubble who was that? Uh, a school closed? in a school let me find my the thing a school in uh, ohio d2 school in ohio um let me find the name of the school, the school Urba- Urba- urbana university a d2 school in ohio announced today is closing permanently because, well, I've, because heard, I've heard of that school. If somebody yeah. went there, somebody. Well, closed. if 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 your finances are based on enrollment, period. If you're not, and you know, if you don't have an endowment. If mm-hmm. if if you need to to make payroll based on, you know, each semester's uh, tuition, room and board, and that's not coming in, you know, riddle me that. Yeah. Uh, every, you know, how many schools have that problem? Or even if you uh, have hundreds. an endowment, even if you have an endowment, you're going to have to pay a lot of money back now out of room and board refunds. Yeah, we just got ours. Yeah. And all that. We got a prorated one. But yeah, and I mean, and I was thinking today, like of all, you know, it, it certainly is especially dire, dire for like the historic, historically black colleges. Mm-hmm. But all of these small schools that rely on for athletics purposes, guarantee games like they, they get hundreds yeah. of thousands right. of dollars to fund sure. their athletic departments through guarantee games. Schools are going to cut those guarantee games. There's so many things I'm working on, on a thing right now on budgets. So this is really interesting. Like, OK, so schools are cutting sports and making all these difficult decisions. And if we hit Armageddon, I get it. But if you look at some of the budgets that these guys, the money that is spent on baloney stuff. <laughs> it's a podcast. You can curse, Dana. There is a, <laughs> there is a, thank you. There is a lot of crap that can be cut in the budgets if they want to be creative. Let me ask this. Dana, I'll ask you one and Mike one. Dana, Penn State, Mike Temple, because mm-hmm. they're the two schools that are, you know, kind of closest. And Dana, you went there, so you how will this if if, there, if we don't play maybe to let's say spring, and you know I don't know if that's being optimistic. Not a, how will this would this affect a school like Penn State where football you know pays for a lot of things, and Mike, how would it affect a school like Temple where you know football is not the biggest thing, but it's there. Well, I think that the, the thought the thing I've been told by several athletic department directors is the most important thing is that football is played in the fiscal year. Okay. So that they can have their money. Now, granted, that doesn't mean it's going to save everything. But if they can play football in a regular capacity in the fiscal year, 
that will be very helpful. If what, you if play no, with, what if no fans? Well, the thing is, okay, without fans, you lose some of your money, but a lot of their money, if you're looking at it, comes from television contracts, okay. as long as the game is on TV. Now, granted, don't get me wrong, ticket revenue, uh, concession stands, parking, all of that adds up, and it's a considerable amount of money. But, you know, if you're looking at their television revenue, that helps. Now, that's not saying that it's going to be business as usual if they don't play until spring, because that means you have a, such a hot mess of all of these sports trying to play. You've got, you know, coaches who aren't coaching that you're paying salaries. Are you talking about furloughs? There's so many issues. But from what I understand, that if they can play in the fiscal year, it will at least help. Okay. Mike, how about Temple? Yeah, and Temple's the other side of the coin, so you broke that up well. Temple football does not pay for any other sports because Temple loses a lot of money at football. Right. Uh, so it's it's a different deal, and, and that doesn't make Temple different than anybody else outside the Power Five. That's life outside the Power Five, right through uh, Division, you know, F, FCS, et cetera, D2. That's the other side. So for Temple, they're going to be looking at it. Like Dana said, you're still paying salaries. You're still paying infrastructure. Uh, you've you've got these costs that you got to look at from football, and they are high costs, by the way, because the, you're trying to play with the big boys uh, without revenue coming in. So that's a real problem. So they're going to be looking at, you know, every every other sport. What else? They've already Temple announced uh, weeks ago that they were cutting budgets five percent across the university. So that included the athletic department. So right yeah. there is 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 their starting point. And so I I wrote a column about how listen let's 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 cut to the chase on all these non-revenue sports traveling all over the country. Stop having, sending your baseball team in, and well, Temple didn't have a baseball team, bad example. St. Joe's, they, they cut it some years ago, right. uh, but St. Joe's baseball team to St. Louis, uh, the field hockey team at, at Temple to, uh, you know, Dallas and to Florida for all these trips, you gotta, you gotta rein in and, 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 and attempt to come up with some really far-reaching, imaginative plans for travel for all these sports locally, because it's, you know, in one sense it's very complicated, in other sense it's very simple. There are all these schools that can play each other, get it back yeah. to where it should be. Well, Mike, and yeah, I, I, go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say I think that's a real, a real initiative out there to have some kind of a regionalization in the Olympic sports. It gets a little squishy on the West Coast because it just aren't the preponderance of Division One schools within right. a bus ride of each other. That's where it gets squishy if you're in the Pac-12. Um, but that becomes that, their problem. That Right. <laughs> right. No, and, and even and, in the Pac-12, yeah. like, in, for instance, you can have a Southern California league where, Correct. you know, UCLA can be playing Cal State. San Fulton, Diego State. State. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah, and even Washington and Oregon, it's longer. Yes. But in, in, to me, when people bring up that as, as the problem, I always say that is a problem. There's no question it's a problem. But that 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 can still be the problem when you can provide sure. solutions to all, and, all and, the rest of the country. And there are all these kind of other crazy numbers. Like, I was looking at it. So I think it was um, Kansas. Kansas's football team when they feed their football team on campus, not travel, just feed them on campus for the school year, their budget for their football meals is $2.2 million. I think they could probably cut that a little bit. Jack in the box, you get two tacos for a buck. I, I, I don't understand. It's the you know, Clem, Clemson has three pilots on their full-time payroll as their aviation expert. They pay pilots. <laughs> now, they make a lot of money, but they all, that's the thing that people don't understand. Is football makes all this money, but they cost... Right. A ridic- I forget what other school. I have it here somewhere. Um, I don't have it in front of me. But one of the football support staff budgets, just for the support staff, 
not assistant coaches, not head coaches, a support staff was $4.4 million at the same school. The support staff budget for tennis was 7,000. Now, well, the really, one... you need 47, and that's your get-back coach, right? and that's your assistant to the head coach's head coach's assistant, twice, you know, second cousin twice removed. I mean, not, I don't want to lay people off, but for Lord's sake, they also don't need to make $500,000 to be the get-back coach. The one thing that you, we, we talked about the idea, we, we talked about the idea of a, a, a fanless football season, you know, the empty stands and all that. Like, at a place, I'll give you an example, Notre Dame. Notre Dame uses their football tickets, and everybody does it, but Notre Dame uses that as their main donation thing, that if you want to get in the door at Notre Dame to a Notre Dame football game, you better be coughing some money up to the Rockney Fund, and you better be coughing some money up to the Alumni Fund as well. Are they worried about the idea that if there's no football season, that cash goes away? It'll, it'll be a Jerry Faust Fund. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's a it's a it's a huge problem. They're, they're all worried about, about sure. that as being, you know, the, the prime vehicle for the school. But again, that's almost jumping ahead to, you know, how are you going to do this without students on campus? And if you right. do, you know, it, you know, the, 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 there are no easy answers. I mean, you know, it's, it's almost boring to, to to keep saying that. But that's the way it's, it's going to be. I, I I'll be fascinated if they ever pull off college football in empty stadiums uh, for the for the television contract because I, I, I don't know are they gonna that means uh, theoretically based on what we're talking about you would have allowed your students to be in your dorms on those campus all around that stadium and then you're gonna have an empty stadium or you let your students in and let them you know socially distance I mean you know no easy yeah, answers. And I will tell you this, my, you know, for example, my daughter hasn't even moved out of her dorm yet because she came home for spring break and never went back. Hmm. So before students can get into the dorm in August, right. she has to move out and then the cleaning service has to come in and clean the bejesus of it and paint it and yeah. all those things they ordinarily do times 50. And she hasn't moved out yet. So, you know, and that's between now and August, all that has to happen. So those are the things that really matter. Right. You're not going to have students moving into the dorms until the dorms have been cleared out and yeah. And sanitized at this point. Right. So, Uh, you know, do either of you two, and maybe this is getting way ahead of it, but college basketball season does not really start long after football season. I mean, when they start practicing or whatever, and I can see it's a scenario for the same reasons you guys just said, where college basketball might have to get pushed back or, or not be, I mean, is that a concern, or are we just worried about football and, and football? It's a concern. It's, it's a concern it's a, that there is concern. any – there's a concern whether there's going to be uh, life on college campuses for the entire fall semester. So once okay. you once you start with that, then everything is in play. And everybody – I think everyone is sort of aware that coaches are aware of it as scenarios that they they can't know. I mean, until there's – I mean, let's face it. It's, it's all the same all over society. I mean, yeah, yeah vaccines are, are – are, the main answer but if they're years away then testing antibody testing we got nothing right now so there's no possibility of it until you know we as a society have our act together on those fronts none of this stuff is happening yeah, and i would say to the basketball question I mean, i've heard all sorts of things you know 
one option would be, all right, so you push it back and you essentially play a conference season. All the Most of these teams play massive conference seasons as it is. Mm-hmm. So, But, that, of course, the, the ramifications of that, again, the guarantee game to the mid-majors. How do you pick the at-large teams when you haven't given Loyola of Chicago the opportunity to play? So will you value them? As, there's just so many. Everything has 400 tentacles. So yeah. you, 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 the most basic decision involves 300 other decisions but you know i could certainly see something like that happening if they have to delay it but you're right i mean basketball essentially you know that october 15th date is not a thing anymore it's it's whatever however many weeks out from your first game and the games are earlier and earlier i will tell you one thing that i'm sure is going to go and i wanted to call make quite i don't see anybody is going to the maui classic i don't see anybody playing in the battle for atlantis anytime soon i don't see any of those you know Big tournaments and and think about it. That's even the garden. Your, yeah, even that's where a lot of your really good non-conference games come from between Power right. Five conferences. So if you're not going to play them, and you're probably not, and do you really need Wisconsin versus you know Wisconsin Whitewater in your non? So that becomes a question: Is it is your non-conference season have any value? It probably doesn't. So it's it might be something to go. I, but again, like Mike's right. I mean, nothing's going to happen until they decide if it's safe for college students to live in dorms, which are Petri dishes on a good day Mm -hmm. under these circumstances. Mike, to me, I know how much it would mean to some people just to see sports. I I get that. I'm not stupid. I'm not sure I want to watch the Masters with nobody in in stands, but whatever. I just think college sports fans are what make college sports. I mean, of course. And I just, you know, I just think it might work for a week or two or, and then somebody would say, eh. <laughs> I, I think people would watch it because people are so hungry to, for anything that yes. is yes. that is something worth celebrating, that is unique, that is makes you feel good and is less serious, less heavy. People would watch it. But, um, you know, I mean, certainly, I, you know, I'm sure athletes, it would be difficult. I mean, you get your, a lot of your energy from that. And, and you know, then you talk about, the, you know, again, like the, the 3,000 tentacles. Okay, so you play without fans. So all those donors who have contributed to the Penn State Football Club to get their season tickets are not getting their season tickets. So now you have to refund their season ticket. But what percentage of their funding money do you – it's like, well, what, what, what? <laughs> yeah. and, tr- and understand all those people who have contributed that money are – many of them are in financial hardships. Right. Yep. They Mike, need their money back. Yeah. Uh, Mike Jensen uh, – we talked about conferences and everything. You talked about it with the non-Olympic sports, but I, and, and this goes back to the Temple question. Temple plays in a conference that basically, I always joke, has no identity because it has no geographic center. I mean, you it's know, Ellis Island. Yeah, it's the Ellis Island of college athletics. I mean, you're tired, you're weak, you're poor, and we'll shove them in a league and call it the American. I mean, and, and it's it's almost the old Conference USA. It's, right. It's it's the leftovers. Now I'll say it's a very good football league and it's a very good basketball league. The problem is they just don't have the rivalries. Uh, so, you know, again, and it's a football, ton of travel. It's a ton of well, travel. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, it's a ton of travel. I mean, obviously they went in hoping, praying that they were joining the big East. I, I think I, I wrote many, many columns saying you better take care of your basketball schools or you're not going to be in the big East, that kind of thing. And I got sort of pushback saying, Hey, Football rules the roost. It's like, okay, you know, yep, here we are. You know, obviously the, the, the basketball schools got lucky that it was uh, uh, th- that at, at that point, the you know, Fox needed programming, you know, the stars aligned for those uh, basketball schools. But that wasn't your question. It was about football. 
you know. Well, it's in general, like what, like the American to me would be the conference of, they're not a power five, but they would be the conference in most danger out of all this of schools looking at the bottom line with travel and everything going, you know, just even with football and everything looking, nah, you know, we, we can't do this anymore. Where are they going to go is the question. They got to go somewhere for the television revenue. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, you got to give me an option, Kevin. Well, no. I'm saying there's no option. They're in the sixth best conference in a five conference world. That's that. But Temple's always been that. Right. That's their problem. You know, they weren't in the Big East when they went. I guess the question is does it open up a a possibility that you can have more conference realignment here in the next couple of years? No. No, I, don't, five, I, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. From the 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 big, uh, unless we're talking about it on the issues of of getting travel, why would why would the Power Five, the right. conference realignment, always starts top down, and and the Power Five is done. Basically. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Floated it out there. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just one of those things. You look at it and you wonder if some of these schools are going to, and even I'll take another example for basketball, the A ten. The A-10 has a lot of geographic, you know, East Coast teams, but then they also had the outlier like St. Louis. And you wonder how that eventually works. You know, like, do you look like, do you try to find something that's more of a geographical, even in a revenue sport? I don't think they do yet. I just don't think there's, I think that right now the goal is to just figure out, like, honestly, September. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, seriously. No, I, I, mean, I understand. Like, I'm, I guess I'm looking too far down the road, but it's yeah, just. Yeah, I don't, I, I think, Mike, I don't think, I mean, I think conference realignment is just, is asking for so many other issues to add to your I, I, mess. I think. You know, I think the goal will try to be to somehow regionalize your Olympic sport travel so that West Virginia's basketball or softball team isn't traveling to Lubbock. Yeah. Right. You know, let's get rid of that trip um, right. somehow, at least for the time being. And I think what they might find if they get rid of it for the time being, they might actually find that it's more beneficial to those teams and it works better. Yeah. And maybe it stays that way. Um, I don't know, but I wouldn't be, I don't know how people would feel like playing for the Mid Atlantic Conference crown if you will versus the big 10 conference crown but it might be might work better in the long you can live you can live with football and basketball teams traveling that's not well they're going to charter anyway they're not going to get rid of the charter that's not a problem it's every other it's all the other sports that it's a problem and like dana says what you might have to do is maybe just have conferences where you have the football and the basketball and then then the other sports figure out another way to do it and the truth is, those most of those conferences got stronger by expanding. I mean, th- think of the Big East that you know added the 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 you know you, so you got a Midwest division of the Big East and it and it works. Uh, you know, Xavier, Creighton, Marquette, DePaul. That right. you know, on the whole, it works. The Atlantic Ten they made smart decisions by grabbing down the Carolinas, bringing VCU up. St. Louis is a strong program. They have attendance. It, it works. Uh, is it great for rivalries? No. Is it good for travel? No, not at all. But on the whole, you know, all those They're moves strong make markets. sense. So you just can't throw the baby out in the bat- with the bathwater yet on this stuff. Um, do you, uh, Mike, do you see, I mean, you know the small college area around here. How are they going to weather through some of this? Yeah, I mean. D2 and D3. It, 
it's going to vary by, by school. I mean, how, you know, we're going to find out who was strong coming into this and we'll see who can survive going out. So you've got all these issues uh, with that, without, you know, the big revenue coming in. Uh, so, you know, there is nothing easy about that. And there was, you know, if, you know, every private Catholic school in, in the Philadelphia area, you know, I, I'd heard, I, I sat and listened to LaSalle's president uh, shortly after she took the job, say that there are 12 of these schools and maybe, you know, I can't remember X number of years from now, she said there, there might be five. Well, now you've hit that event where we'll see who's strong enough to, to survive that. Uh, and, and, and I think, you know, there's no easy answers for any of them. That, um, and some of the state schools are stronger than, than others. As we know, some have, have teetered some, you know, Cheney already dropped sports. They were sort right. of the example of a sport that just struggled, struggled, a school that just struggled, 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 and finally said, we just can't afford to have sports. Now they're, they're just trying to keep the, their doors open. But, uh, you know, all, all these answers time 10 at Westchester, you have to be able to fundraise for your program to, to get mm-hmm. scholarships. Uh, and we're talking about basketball and football. We're not talking about right, right. Uh, Olympic sports. And so how, how do you fundraise uh, where, like, like, like Dana said, every, everyone's, you know, everyone's pulling back in all sectors. So fundraising is going to be tough. Uh, you know, in, any kind of advertising is going to be tough. Nothing, nothing's easy. So, you know, all, all options are in play, you know, and, and you don't want to be doom and gloom. But I wrote a story saying, you know, where there were some predictions that everyone would not survive. And I, I made it clear I wasn't asking people for their worst fears. I was asking for their for their most honest projections of what's going to happen. We won't have every sport that we've had. We won't necessarily have every athletic department. We won't necessarily have, you know, full time coaches for for all these sports. And then, uh, you know, we'll we'll see if all our schools survive. Do you think by September of 2021, and I don't know if we'll have a vaccine by then. I, I, I don't know. Do you think we will at least be back to sort of what it was? There'll be changes. Like you said, Mike, people might not survive. Or, but do you think in that amount of time we can, or do you think it's going to take longer than that? And you too, Dana. Yeah, I'm just going to go with you'd hope. Uh, you know, I'm not, you know, until there's a vaccine, I'm not, you know, I, 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 I agree when, each of you have said that there are no easy answers to any of this. So trying to, to come up with a timeline, you know, who knows? And, 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 you know, they're going to try to play golf in, in July. And I think outdoor sports are a little easier as, as sort of test cases than, than, June, than indoor June. sports in June. I'm sorry. June, in June, yeah. Right. Colonial in June. Uh, and, 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 and that's, you know, we'll see if it happens. You know, they haven't, nobody's. Hey, we have a women's major here in June that they still haven't made uh, the LPGA championship at Aronimic. They still haven't made a decision on. They haven't so pushed that. Okay. We'll well, be playing golf here in June. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And, and, but as far as your question is like, I'm just not in the predicting business at all in terms of what I, I mean, I, I agree. Like, like, like Dana said, they've got a, they've got a game plan, all these scenarios, worst case to best case. And, and with four cases in between. Um, so, you know, coming up with a, prediction it's it's and this isn't the kind of thing where you can predict like predicting a basketball tournament ah, i was wrong you know i was like you know who, who knows yeah dana yeah no i agree with mike it's hard to know i think and the other thing you have to keep in mind is kind of like where we all live on the east coast of things we're sort of on the front lines if you will of yeah. this stuff and it's like i just saw something on twitter here that chicago i think has extended its shelter 
in place through I think I don't know, like June because through they're June? just uh, through the beginning of to the beginning of June. Yeah. And wow. I think that's because where we are seeing the numbers come down. Yeah. It, it, you're seeing them rise gonna, in the Midwest. They're going to rise in the Midwest. Exactly. Wow. It's like, I feel like the, like I keep saying like the edges have had it, you know what I mean? The Californias and the Oregons and us. Um, it's now, so, so, you know, it's just, it's really hard. To, so where we are on May 1st versus where Chicago and Detroit are on May 1st. You, it, it, and again, I just feel like all of these decisions have to be not necessarily opening a school, but athletically have to be as as universal as possible because they all fall under either an NCAA or an NAIA umbrella. Mm-hmm. And the NCAA is pretty, pretty sticklers about doing what's good for all is good for one is good for all. They're not yeah. into saying, hey, you know what, you five will open, but you 10 are going to stay closed. Mm-hmm. So, and that's assuming... That's assuming, God forbid, that if we go back and it has a bad repercussion, like some are predicting, Correct. that we may be sitting here in July or August or maybe the fall, Correct. right back almost where we started from. I hope not. But. Exactly. And I certainly, I would certainly think if God willing, somehow we go, kids go back to school. I mean, I got a high school kid. He's got to go to freaking high school. Trust me. Like, I get, like, you know, I mean... <laughs> homeschooling Dana, it's great homeschooling. well i mean like i'll tell you like you know, I mean, as like, a teacher i'm a, as a teacher i'm hoping they all go back to school because i start getting a paycheck he's a, and he's, a, he's a high school sophomore <laughs> currently trying to teach himself algebra too right like yeah. at some point he needs to take you know calculus and he kind of can't do that without you know it's so he has to go back so my guess was like the best case scenario if they open these kids are gonna have to wear masks. I mean, you're not gonna just go back and say, yeah, yeah, what's up? Everyone get back to school. Here we are. Mm-hmm. I can't see that happen. And so you know, like I said, I, I think it's gonna start with the rest of the human race, and then the athletic version of the human <laughs> race is going to at least in the collegiate model. Like like Mike said, the professional level, you want guys getting paid five million dollars to go hole up in in Vegas for if they're willing to do that, that's their decision. Dana, we. Um, we saw this year, I thought, a less than active coaching carousel. Oh, yeah, I wrote about that for college basketball. It's dead. Um, um, is that because of the cost? Simply because universities not wanting to pay out coaches on their way that they would have been under contract? Yeah, I think it's a combination. Of, I'm not really sure if this actually was going to be a wildly active year for coaching Changes, you know, some of these things, of course, one begets the next. So if Shaka Smart had gotten fired from Texas and who opened that job, so forth and so on. But I don't think in terms of just like axing people, it was going to be wildly active. But then, yeah, you add in sort of number one, the kind of jackass PR move that it looks like if you cut some coach off in the middle of a global pandemic. Hey, dude, see ya. You can't have, you know, you didn't win enough games, so we're going to lay, get rid of you and good luck with your health benefits. Be safe. <laughs> yeah, and plus the buyout. So you got to pay a buyout, which not only to pay a buyout, you also have to, more importantly, hire your next coach. And your next coach never comes in for the same salary or less than your previous coach, yeah. nor does his staff. So nobody wanted to go down um, that. I mean, not nobody. A couple schools, you know, did. Grand Canyon, whack Dan Marley. Um but that well, was before all this started, too. No, it was like right in the beginning of it. It was right, right in the beginning of it. Illinois, Chicago, uh, waxed Stephen McLean and brought in um, the guy from uh, Texas Tech. Um, who else? Or no, the, the guy from Texas. He brought in um, Luke Yock, which is and so you've seen a few. But if um, if, if you were a hundred percent sure you were going to change your coach, maybe you changed your coach. But correct. this season didn't even end. Uh, yeah. So so yeah. Shaka Smart 
you know, Texas could even tell their boosters, we don't know what uh, they were just getting their act together. They were going to go on a run, you know, as, as a PR move. But all those factors, I agree. I, th- I think it does start with the fact that if you're looking to cut budget, don't don't add a buyout to to your budget. What I'm curious to see is like, all right, so let's pretend the defensive coordinator at power school, whatever is currently making $2 million a year. And his contract is up for renewal in whatever month. And he deserves to be renewed. Are we going to go back? Or are they going to say, dude, we don't have, we don't have 2.5. We don't even have two. Like you, you can stay, but we're giving you a million. Like, are they going to, is, is a little sanity going to come back from all of this? I guess is my question because it's going to have to, that'll be the, I think that'll be the next question is like, you know, or will you see pot? You, know, you have to, or will you re- see Dabo swimming? Swimming? Can you just say, you know, how, dude, can you get by with the you know, six million? Right. Or will you re up like on pot sweeteners of if a coach decides he wants to go to the NBA or the NFL, you know, and and usually there's the extra little cash that comes in to try mm-hmm. to keep them to stay. I, I can't see that happening now from now on. I either. will say the one thing I keep waiting for, and this is so Pollyanna, but I just keep waiting for is like some head coach who's making a pasquillion dollars and who's been making a pasquillion dollars for many years and probably has more than a large enough nest egg to retire on and is older says, you know what athletic department scraping together to try to keep the wrestling program. I don't need 8 million this year. I'll just take five. Here's three back or something to that nature. But, no one said that yet. The schools have taken pay cuts. Some coaches are, have taken pay cuts, but no one has stood up and been like, I know you didn't ask, but here. I'm with you. I, and I, I, I'm also shocked that they haven't done that because it, the first the first guy who does it gets all the great PR. The first guy who does it is a friggin' hero. I mean, yeah. people are like lauding Jim Beheim and, and Louisville for taking 5 to 10% man, mandated, mandated pay cuts. <laughs> and they're like, wow, that's super nice, Jim Beheim, who's 70 whatever years he is and making however much. I mean, really? I mean... Really, you're John Calipari, you're making $6 million, or Mike Krzyzewski, you're making however many million, and you've been making that much for that many years, and you stand up as the pillar and representative of your university, and your university is going, well, okay, if we lay off this secretary, we might be good. Dude, turn it over. Especially when a lot of them make money from shoe contracts that would gladly cover the cost. No, but but Dana's point is, like, and I'm, I don't mean to use Mike as the example. He, he's one of the guys. He could lose a salary for a year, and he'd be fine. He, give the shoe money. Give the shoe money and save a hundred, two hundred, a thousand people at your university. You and like Mike said, you'd be the hero. And the first guy that does it would be the hero for life. And then five other guys would do it. Correct. It takes one. I actually talked with Phil Martelli about this. I said you need to bring this up on an NABC call. I said, because all it takes is one yep. and the rest will follow. And like, I've wanted to write the column, but I, it's always very difficult to pontificate how to tell people to spend their money. Exactly. Yes, right? it is. Exactly. Yes, it is. And then they always come back to me. Well, what have you done? Well, I can say I have done some things, but that's not, I don't feel comfortable telling people how to right. spend their money. But I just wish someone would be like, you know, dude, I'm good. Let's give it back. Yeah. But no. Hasn't happened. Dana O'Neill from The Athletic, Mike Jensen from The Inquirer have joined us. Uh, thank you very much for joining us here. Hopefully all of you are safe and sound and loved ones are safe and sound. And uh, Study up on that calculus, Dana. Yeah, you got calculus training. <laughs> yeah. Anybody sport- has a, a, a tutor? Uh, yeah, sport- sports writers do I not know math. When they were, I can't believe she's got a kid in college and a kid in high school, but that's me. I, 
I lose track of time. I, it's just, Mike's probably got kids. He's got kid living in Australia working. What, what the hell? She's, she's home, but her boyfriend's not. So last night's news was not good as he's a week away from getting his, his, uh, he was supposed to have a, maybe even this week was supposed to have his visa interview at the U.S. consulate in Sydney. So that's not good, but that's, that's, but then he, he might be better. He might be better off staying in Sydney. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. And then, Tom Hanks liked then, it. My, my oldest has a June 27th wedding. We can talk about oh, that's going to no. happen. Oh, no. Uh, so, oh, no. Those are real anyway. things. Yeah. Yep. Thank you all. On that note. On that note, thank you all for joining us. Be good. Thank you. And we'll be back right after this. Looking to reach the sports fans of Philadelphia in a brand new way. This is Kevin Cooney. Each week, the Working to Be podcast with Mike Kern and I brings the hottest topics into this sports crazed town with the people and the events that shape the landscape. Now, your business could connect with those people by advertising on the Working to Be podcast. Join us at 267-546-7277 or email us at workingthebeat at gmail.com to find out how you can reach out to this growing audience. It's the best sports talk in Philadelphia, and you can be a part of it. That's 267-546-7277 or workingthebeat at gmail.com to join the Working the Beat podcast family. Our thanks once again to Dana O'Neill of The Athletic and Mike Jensen of The Inquirer, both for a, a very enlightening conversation. And I thought what they said, what they said was right. You know, I think maybe some of us, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, looking too far ahead, but you understand the pratfalls of what could happen here as we move forward. The, the problem, Kevin, in all this is, A, there's pro- a you don't know. You don't know. You can listen to what Fauci says. I know what the president hope is going to happen and go and people who are out of work right now. I understand all that. But this thing, and I said this to you a month ago or whatever, we, this thing is going to last a lot longer than people think it's going to last. And, and I understand people are getting cabin fever. They, mm-hmm. they, they're impatient. I, all real things. But they better understand. Mike Kern and his wife may not be going much out of their house in the next three, four, five, six months. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, a friend, the friend I was supposed to go to, to Ireland with, he's like 70-some, whatever he is. And he said to me the other day, he goes, Mike, I'm not getting on an airplane until they have a vaccine. He goes, I am too high risk. And I thought about it, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. That's like, why would, unless you have to get on an airplane for a specific reason, your business or, or whatever, why would you get on an airplane? You don't. You know, but at some point I'm going to have to go. I'm not going to have to, but I mean, I'll probably go to Cracker Barrel. I'll Mm -hmm. probably go to, you know, some other. I mean, at some point I will have to put my my foot back in the water to what degree. I don't know. And and that's the tough part, because I don't think any of us have an idea what it'll feel like when we leave for the first time. I mean, you know, it's going to feel weird. I, I. I admit, I mean, after September 11th, I remember what it was like going into a, a crowded event or a stadium or an airplane or something, whatever it was, um, y- you know, but this is different. This is um, th- this is something that I, I just don't know how you how you handle it. I, I don't know. I think we're all going to feel it and we're all going to we're all going to realize what um what kind of a difficulty it's going to be when they decide, uh, What's you know, when we all happen, decide, Kevin, think about this. Cause some places like Dana was saying with Chicago, mm-hmm. 
and, and, and there's other places. There's going to be other places. What's going to happen when our health care services are taxed to the max? Yeah. And they can't do it anymore. They, they just they throw up their hands and say, we can't do it. And that could happen. It might not happen. Right. You know, I keep hearing about how are we going to test. We got enough tests. No, we don't have enough tests. I don't even know who they're going to test. You know, they're going to test me or they're going to test you. Or they're going to, you know, and you got 300 million people that live in the country. But at some point, like, with, what I fear the most is that it comes back or it gets worse because we had to get back. That's my worst fear. And I can only listen to what Fauci says and the, and the, the woman that goes up there, uh, the other doctor, and any other, anybody else that wants to talk. Right. And they pretty much say that the one thing that has made a difference in this is what we're doing by staying home and social distancing. And I can only believe them. So if we're going to stop doing that, I have to believe that can't be a good thing. Right. No, I, I, yeah. Uh, Let's pivot to the draft. There's a live sport event this week. And, and he, and I'll tell you what, America needs it. Yeah. Like, like we need this as much as I'm not a big draft guy and, you know, and this is kind of a big year for the Eagles. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great diversion. It's a, it's a great, and we'll be talking about it for a week afterwards and, you know, um, and we need something, you know, and, and, and this will serve the purpose. And the Eagles are picking 21st, obviously, uh, maybe. Well, they're scheduled to pick 21st. Right. We don't know. And yeah. a lot of the mocks have them looking at linebacker. Um, but obviously, the, the need that most people believe is there uh, is really looking at uh, wide receiver. So, you well, know. The need, is Car- the need is Carson Wentz. He is your franchise for hopefully the next close to another decade, you know, eight more years. Not, I don't know how, how long can he play? Right. You have to, you have to, you have to, they, they didn't do it with Donovan. They never gave Donovan enough. And I'm not saying that's why they didn't win a Super Bowl, but, but they never gave Donovan enough. They never gave Randall enough. Right. When they had Randall, they have to give this quarterback the chance to fail and give him the weapons, a couple more weapons and give him a line in front of him that can protect him and you know i'll take my chances on defense uh peter king actually there was a tweet that just went out peter king has apparently said that he has alshon jeffrey getting traded uh during the draft at some point here uh as one of the guys likely to get traded they would have to pick up a lot of salary wouldn't they uh they would um and does that count against your cap like like if you trade Alshon, and let's say you're getting rid of 15 million, I don't know how what, what you're getting rid of. Alshon what Jeffrey you, is one of six players likely to get traded during the NFL draft, according to Peter King. Well, if that's indeed true, which I don't have any reason to believe it's not, if Peter's saying that, then you really need to draft a wide receiver. Yeah. In fact, you need to draft two wide receivers, which means you might not get the linebacker you want, or you might not get uh, the offensive lineman you want, you know. The, they listed it, it. This is these are the six players he's listed. Um, Trent Williams, obviously the tackle out of Washington, right? Uh, Nikoe from uh, Jacksonville, the defensive end, right? Joe Thune, the guard, the offensive guard from um, New England. Andy Dalton, yeah. Andy Dalton, obviously from Cincinnati. We don't need him. Uh, Leonard Fournette from Jacksonville. See, I don't know. 
if the Eagles, I'm not as aware of their salary cap situation. I don't they have a, they have a there. decent cap. Okay, could they afford? Hey, if you're going to bring Fournette in, the you got to resign him. Okay, but what are you going to do with Sanders? I mean, well, not, and, that, and that's they're a, both feature backs, right? Yeah, I don't think okay. you're trading somebody's bad. I don't think somebody you're not trading garbage for garbage here. Uh, oh, oh, you mean they would have to trade something to get him? They're not going to. Uh, I get what you. No, mean. no, okay. those are the six guys that are expected to be traded. I don't think Peter's saying okay. that there's I a mean, possibility of one and two. And I would all that. love to get the guy from Washington, but I don't see that. I don't know if they could afford him, and I don't know what you. I don't know what the Eagles are in position to give up. They could give up either Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard, I guess, because they have two of them. So I, I got to believe Zach Ertz might might get you something back, and he's coming up on a salary. Um, but let do you me, want to trade Zach? Ertz? Right. Let me let me run down uh, what the Eagles have. One twenty first pick overall in the first round. Second round they have a pick at the twenty first pick in the second round. Same area. Forty two. At forty two. Oh no, uh, that's fifty two. I think isn't it? No. Fifty one. Fifty one. Fifty one. No, no, fifty three. It would be actually fifty three. Okay. Okay. I'm just looking. They get what we'll pick per round on right, ESPN right. thing. 30, 39th pick in the third round because there's some compensatory picks. They got four picks in the third, uh, in the fourth round, one in the fifth, and one in the sixth. So they have a decent number of picks that, if you want to perhaps leverage, it, and here's the other problem. Obviously, the if you're looking at wide receiver, and let's take the wide receiver conversation here as the as the main thing, they can't get to Jerry Judy, okay, who is probably going to go top ten. Um, they would like to get C.D. Lamb, but I'm not sure they get the C.D. Lamb either. So Ruggs and Jefferson, you got to get either one of those two: the uh, Henry Ruggs from Alabama, Justin Jefferson from LSU. You may have to leapfrog some people who who maybe needing wide receivers and you know the Raiders are one of those teams they got two picks in that first 19 uh you got the Cowboys you got the the Falcons you got the Bucks and the Niners those are teams I don't see and the Jets I don't see them moving up I don't see them moving up because what does a fourth round pick do for anybody I don't care about a fourth round pick and the way this team draft or is it drafted in the last few years? Does it maybe I make it no, easier to do a third round pick to get a third round pick and maybe package? Well, so you think you think you're going to give up twenty one and a third? The, the third round pick could be around a hundred in the draft. And well, you may go to seventeen from twenty one, Kevin, uh, or sixteen, maybe, maybe. But I just don't know. It, it would have to be a team that didn't want a player at sixteen that thinks they can get it at twenty one or get something that they like. I'm not saying that's impossible, but I don't think picking up the hundredth or ninetieth pick in the draft. Do you see that as enticing? I don't see it as enticing. I, but I, now, I, if the Eagles, if the Eagles said we'll give you twenty-one and our second-round pick, and maybe you give us back your third-round pick, you know, maybe something like that that works. It could. Don't draft in the second round, but yeah, I mean, maybe something like that. Could, could work, but it there's a there, there you know I just see I, I if if anything I see them moving back if if the receivers aren't there and they think they could pick something up by moving from let's say twenty one to thirty I'm I'm just throwing out a number and maybe pick up an extra second round pick um they may you know maybe can turn in you know second round picks in this league can be pretty good I mean Zach Ertz was a second round pick so, 
Some of their second round picks have my Sanders was a second round pick. Um, you know, those guys can be pretty good players. So I don't know. I, I don't know what how he's thinking. You know, and no it's it's you know, does he really want Lamb, you know, more than anything? You know, if, if that's the case, then and I, I I'll be honest with you, Kevin. I don't trust Howie's judgment a lot. <laughs> I'm just no, I I, I I think that's a fair. Yeah, he I, may hit home runs this year. He may hit, but I'm just telling you, man. He, and and look, I know every team doesn't hit every pick. I know that. I'm not that naive, but the white side pick still still. I hope I'm wrong. I hope white side turns into another Alshon. Um, but man, that that pick, and, I, and even the I'm, wide receivers before that, you know, and, right. And, I don't know. They took the cornerback from West Virginia a few years ago in the third round. He's not that good. You know, I uh, don't know. Uh, I'm actually reading Mo Kuyper's uh, projections. Um, his f- mock draft 4.0. He has the Eagles getting rugs at 21. And idea is quit. Uh, one of the fastest players in the class, underrated as a route runner. Um if I'm the Eagles, I would look to trade up a few spots to get my guy. Okay. If that's their guy, though. Right. See, Mel's assuming that's their guy, but everything we're hearing, whether it's wrong or not, is that is it Lamb is the guy that they covet. And he has Lamb going 13 to the Niners. Yeah, and where's he have Judy going? He has Judy at hold on here. Uh nine to Jacksonville. Okay. Um, but I'm just saying, if Ruggs drops to twenty one. There's no doubt in my mind the Eagles take him. No doubt at all. He, he will be their pick. But, you know, like I said, there's some second-tier wide receivers. The kid from Clemson, I believe, um, and there's a couple of others that may turn out to be better than some of those top four guys. And, you know, And mean, the other guy that should be mentioned is Brandon Ayuk from uh, Arizona State, who is uh, yeah, think, a wide um, receiver. Did, did Les, Les Bowen, I think, had the Eagles taking him. Yeah. Uh, um, he and he's scheduled to go according to the Kuiper, twenty uh, second to the Vikings. Yeah. All these guys, most of them. I mean, Judy. Might, Judy seems like he's the most ready to play. Mm-hmm. Whether he has the most upside or not, yeah. You know, somebody compared. Who was somebody comparing? Um, I think it was comparing Judy to um the guy on Dallas, um, um Cooper. Right. And it like like that was a bad thing. Like they're yeah, he's like Amari Cooper. I'm like. The Eagles tried to trade for Amari, for Amari Cooper. Cooper. Like, like, I'll take Amari Cooper right now. That, that's not like a bad thing. But, um, you know, if, if there's no doubt in my mind that if Judy's on the board at 21, the Eagles take him. Now, the question is, if you get to 18 and he's on the board, what do you do? Especially if all the other guys are gone, unless you're willing to take the guy from Arizona State, you know, I, the, the one thing, I, it, it's funny, Kevin, there's certain conferences I just, I, I have a fear sometimes of. The Pac-12 is one of those conferences. Like last year when the Eagles took the lineman, right. and he was from Washington or Washington State or wherever, and my first thought was Pac-12. I'm like, please, nobody plays defense in the Big 12. No. Very few teams play defense. I just want to see, and, and then there was somebody was on, I was listening to the radio, I guess, today or whatever. And the two games that Lamb played against the, the two cornerbacks from the Big 12 who are listed in the top 20, he didn't have good games. 
because apparently nobody in the Big Twelve. Okay, but I'll, but I'll give you I'll team. give you a guy who was like that last year, and that was Hollywood Brown, who ended up in Baltimore and had a great year. Yeah, and, and who was the guy? C- TK. Who was the guy that went to Seattle? Oh yeah, I, the, he was he was killed the Eagles. Right. Right. And and the guy on New Orleans who's now like the best wide receiver in the league. He was I think a forty third pick in the draft or something. So all I'm saying is everything's a crapshoot. There, there are very few things that you look at. I mean, I think the guy from Ohio State that's going to probably go to, I'm pretty confident in saying he's going to be a good pro for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, maybe not, but I, he looks like he, he looks like that guy. And the two Boses are doing pretty well in the NFL. But I think if Ruggs is there at 21, and I don't think he would be, if he is, to me, there's no doubt at that point who the Eagles take. It- and, and they have to. But, it, all right, the better question, if you have to do a trade of a third-round pick or something to move up from 21 to 18, would you go up and get rugs? If it, if it, Like I said, Kevin, it depends what it costs me. Right. If, if you're only moving up three spots, let's say, or four spots, I don't know who to 17, because the Raiders are drafting 19, and the Raiders right. are also looking for wide receivers. Well, all right, s- s- let me give you the order here. Falcons 16, Cowboys right. 17, Dolphins right. 18, Raiders nineteen, Jacksonville twenty. The Cowboys. Aren't you got to get ahead of the Raiders. And the I, Cowboys, I don't think are going to trade with you. I know we made a trade with the Cowboys a few years. Yeah, back. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Falcons are probably willing to trade. They're looking for stuff. Um, who was eighteen? Dolphins. Who have and, a top five? It's their second first round pick. Yeah, I mean, who knows what the Dolphins would do? But again, what are you giving up? Like I said, can the Eagles afford? Is is he that good? Is he that certain that you would give up your 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 next pick in the draft, which would be forty or fifty three? Well, thir- your said. third round pick, you wouldn't be giving well, up. What if the team came back to you and said, "We want your second. And to move up three spots, up. no. If you were moving okay. up higher, yeah. But this is a decision you have to make. Yeah, I agree. If you think that guy, or a future second, pro, or something. If you think that guy's an all, well, they're not going to take a future second, and that's why I said to you, maybe you give them the second. And you get back their third. So you're still getting a pick that might be 20 spots lower than the one. You know what I'm saying? I'd be willing to move down from 53 to 70, perhaps, right. to get a guy that I really think is that good. You know, that that's the whole key is what you have to be convinced that that's your guy. You know, it's like when the Falcons went up and got Julio Jones. And everybody thought they were nuts. And they did give up a lot. I mean, they gave yeah. up a lot. Julio Jones turned out to be a pretty good move. By the way, we should point out the uh, Kuiper Kuiper's draft goes two rounds deep here. Uh, and he does have an Eagles taking a linebacker in the second round. So who, which one Jordan Brooks from Texas tech inside linebacker. I don't know Jordan Brooks. I can't Number three ILB in his big board, 240 all, pounds. So four, five, four forty at the combine. Let's say you moved up um, with the dolphins. Let's just, just for the sake of argument. Right or the Falcons, 16 or 18. And you said, okay, we'll get you, you're going to drop to 21. And I don't think the Falcons need a receiver. I think they're looking at defense because I think they were actually looking to move up. Right. Is what the rumor was. And the Dolphins may be looking to move up. So they may actually wind up moving that pick. And if you said, okay, and we'll give you our second pick. Um, and number 53, and you're going to give us, I guess in the third round, they would probably be picking like uh, 78, 76, something Yeah, like somewhere that. in there. So the Eagles got to decide, are we willing to move down 20 spots with our second pick? 
and they would have two third round picks, right? They they would still keep their third round pick. Who the Eagles? Right. If they gave up the second they, to get another third, right? Follow me here. If they gave if up their up, second to get another third, you would keep l- your listen, third. Yes. Now listen to me. You're giving up twenty one and 40, 53 to get to sixteen or eighteen, but you are getting that team's third round pick. Right. So you you now have two third round picks because you have your own third round pick, right? R- right. Okay. So you got if, if you're the Eagles, you say, is it worth moving back twenty picks with our second pick to get the wide receiver we think is going to make a difference on our team? That's the question you got to ask yourself. It's very simple. If you don't think it is, then you don't move. Then you pick twenty one, and maybe you don't take a wide receiver at that point. Maybe you take a linebacker or or so. Maybe you go for the wide receiver in the second round. You know, I. Uh... Uh, for one second, I'll interrupt our Eagle conversation because there is developing news in the NFL. The what? Developing news in the NFL. Developing news. Rob Gronkowski has told the New England Patriots he wants to reunite with Tom Brady. So what? They would have to let him go, or or like? Yeah, you know, they would have to renounce his rights, I believe. That doesn't shock me at all. I I I mean, I really thought there was a chance he might come back last year. And I, I think this wrestling thing was just a goof, like, you know, to make money or be, you know, do whatever he's going to do. I think Gronk would love to look, let's still under Brady. contract when he had trade to fulfill his request. Yeah, Well, they could figure something out. And- well, if you remember Mike Austin, new England tried to trade Gronk to Detroit and he wouldn't have anything of it. So no Tom Brady. Kevin, it's not about going Oh, no, no, no. But I'm saying, I could see New England saying, you know, no, we're not going to accommodate you. Well, what's New England going to say? We want a first-round pick? Well, no, I could just tell them saying we're not going to accommodate you. That's it. So New England would would say we'd rather have nothing for Gronk. Sit on your rights. Yeah, I could say it. I, 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 if Bill Belichick is that spiteful or whatever, I mean, yeah, I mean, they might have to offer him something decent. They might have to give him a third-round pick or something. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't think they're going to give him a first-round pick or a second-round pick. But if you're Tampa, the idea of having Gronk win that team could be pretty enticing. Um, Back to the Eagles. Give me an order of priorities of where you feel like they have to go in this draft and address. I think wide receivers won. Right. Um. See, my problem with putting linebacker, too, is I'm not sure how much the defensive coordinator values a linebacker or the NFL values a linebacker these days, but you just lost Malcolm Jenkins, who right. was, in effect, kind of a linebacker. Yeah, they have Jatavius Brown, TJ Edwards, and Nick Gary on their roster right now yeah. as their linebackers. I mean, for that point, I would say linebacker. They could always use a corner, but they did just get the guy from Detroit who's, you know, pretty good, so... um I would say line. You can never have enough linemen. Right. Um, Safety. Well, I mean, look, Kevin, we've had this conversation before. They could they could use help in a lot of places. I mean, you could use another running back. Right. You know, later in the draft, maybe. Um. Uh. You know, because if Sanders goes down, what do you do? And people in the NFL do get hurt. I mean, you know, Carson played every game last year until the playoff game, and. We don't, we don't even think about that. We don't even talk about that, you know, because everybody's worried about Carson. He did get through the whole season, um, you know, until Clowney hit. Um, but I would go wide receiver one, and after that, you know, 
I never think it hurts getting an offensive. I mean, they went all defensive in the free agency, right? Right. For the most part. Yep. I think you have a quarterback who's now played four seasons in my right. Right. He's going into his fifth, right? Yep. And he hasn't played in a playoff game. Nope. Through, through no fault of his. Well, I mean, he okay. played five minutes in a playoff game, but yeah. Yeah, I don't count that. He, and, and through no fault of his. No, no fault of his. I think you now have to attach your wagon a little bit to him to, to protecting him mm-hmm. and helping him. Now you can make the argument that a really good defense helps your quarterback too. And I would not argue that point. Um, you know, you have, if you have a great defense, that means your quarterback doesn't have to do as much. Right. But um, there for a team, look, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender next year. I don't that either. doesn't mean they can't make the playoffs or they, or, but but I think you want to be a Super Bowl, at least at least an NFC contender yeah. the year after that. I, I think you would like to be in that position. Yeah, so because he'll be twenty two year process. He'll be twenty eight or twenty nine at that point. And while it's not old, you're getting to the point where you know, especially with somebody injury prone, um, you know, it gets it gets dicey once you hit thirty. But quarterbacks do play are playing a lot longer. They are, but again. When you got quarterbacks, a quarterback who's injury prone already in his twenties, I don't think it's a bad idea to go for it as as soon as possible and not plan a five year or four or five year plan to get well, back to the top. I think they are right. In their mind, I think I, they are. I want to clarify one thing. I said that the would you trade the third round pick? Um, the third round pick at one of three, okay, is a compensatory pick, which means you cannot trade it. Oh, okay. Well, then that. Okay. Well, but I'm not trading my second round pick. What would I be getting back? You got to tell me. What no, I'm no, no. I'm saying if I had put it out there, if you're going to move from 21 to 16, right. you could right. throw in the third round pick. You can't. It's a compensatory right. pick. And I don't think that would have been enough anyway. Kevin. Right. I don't think some team would take the 100th pick. Also, the fourth, the, the bottom two fourth round picks, 145 and 146, they, right. they're compensatory picks. They can't be drafted. Uh, so they're traded. screwed. They're screwed. They basically saying. have that can be traded first round, second round, fourth round, and right. then fifth and sixth. Yeah, or unless unless a team was willing to take a pick for next year. Right. You know, which some team might. I and, mean, they. And you know, the fifth and sixth rounds, we should point out, were just simple pick swaps with uh, New England and Atlanta. So, right. They're I mean, up a little higher than they would be on. The sixth yeah, round I mean, and a little lower than they would have been on the fifth round. Let me round. ask you a question, because I, I got to believe if you're the Eagles, you're looking at Carson Wentz for at least another five or six years. You, you, you got to look at it as a decade thing. That's the way, you know, whether he's in, injury prone, not injury prone, <laughs> whatever. But would you, if there was a guy in like the sixth round that you believe I, I, I'm interrupting you one more time. I apologize. Uh, Adam Schefter has just tr- uh, tweeted. Trade pending physical. Rob Gronkowski and a seventh round pick have been traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a fourth round pick. Sources tell ESPN. Yeah, and that that makes perfect sense. Yeah, New England gets a fourth New England round gets pick. a fourth round pick for somebody who wasn't going to play for him anyway. Right, and and but I I would say this that makes I bet I bet you Tampa Bay's number goes up in Vegas. I think they were nine and a half. Probably to ten. Maybe, it goes, maybe it goes to ten. I Are they know. co-favorites with right. the Saints now? I'm going to tell you right now. And I look, Tom Brady could get hurt week two. Tom Brady could stink by week six. I think Tom Brady and the Bucks got a shot 
to do something this year. Now, I don't mean win the Super Bowl, perhaps, or but they're going to be a good football team. They have a good head coach, too. Good head coach. Their defense the last six weeks of the year was really good. They've got weapons on offense. I don't know what they're going to add in the draft. I, I have no idea what they're going to go. And I don't think it's going to take long for that coach and that quarterback to get on the same page, even though they're not going to have a lot of time in the offseason to, to do that. Uh, that's a great move for Tampa. Oh, my God. I mean, and Gronk's hurt all the time, too. But he, for him to do this, that must mean he's excited. You know. It, it um, will be a, in a sense of the Buccaneers did this because for a lot of reasons. The Buccaneers targeted Brady also because, one, it allowed him this year go draft the quarterback and, and have him develop under Brady for two years. He'll get a two-year rest if he wants to. That's one. Two, they so needed to sell tickets. They were maybe the worst-selling ticket team in the NFL. Now they've become a much, a legitimate swatch now every game. Yeah, for think. two years. For two years. Yeah, I, no, I get you. I mean, look. With they, Godwin they got, and, yeah, they got. They, they got the one, even though he's 43 or he'll be 43, and his best days are behind him. We, we, we all understand that. They got a guy, he was in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he didn't play great in the Super Bowl two years ago, but he played great in the Kansas City game mm-hmm. before the him. Super Bowl. Um, Had moments last year where he looked all right. They've got the be- They've got the free agent uh-huh. that everybody was looking at. Whether he's the best free agent, that remains to be seen. Now they've got a guy who's going to the Hall of Fame who wants to play because he wants to play with this guy. They've got a coach who probably only has a couple more years left himself. He's probably excited as hell. Yeah. Um, the guys who are playing the wide receivers are probably as excited as that. Not that James uh, was. Look, but James Evans and Godwin are great. Are right. great wide James, receivers. James threw thirty touchdowns. It's just that he threw thirty interceptions. Yeah. Um. You know, I I would think that it's going to be really fascinating to see them and the Saints go at it in and in, in, in that division this year because. You know, you can see them both winning like 11, 12 games. I don't know what their schedules are. Like, I don't know who they play out of conference or, or out of the, you know, I, I don't have any idea. And, and maybe I'm overrating Tampa a little bit. Maybe, maybe you know, uh, but. It's, There's it's an immediacy up, factor, sure. I mean, you, you think they're better than they really are, but I mean. Until somebody proves, until Tom Brady proves to me that he sucks, okay, which I don't think he proved last year. I think that was as much to do with what was around him as anything, but that's okay. He is 43 years old. The You're right, Kevin. Tampa's going to be on how many national television? All right, I'm giving you the bucket. You want to see the bucket? You want to hear the Buccaneer schedule? Ready? Well, how many times are they allowed to be on? Is there a rule? I, I think it's six you're allowed to be on. Uh, like maybe total, like, like total six? Total on the prime times. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, besides their three division games, Saints, Falcons, Panthers. At home, the Saint, the Saint, the two Saints games might be, or at least one of the Saints. One of the Saint game will be right, right, maybe two. Well, one, one could be a four thirty Sunday game. All right, at home, they get Green Bay. That's a game. They get that's Can- definitely that's definitely a game. They get Kansas City. That's that's definitely a game. They get the Vikings. Nah, that'll pass on that. They'll get the Chargers. Pass and the Rams. Pa- pass. Uh, Rams, I'll, I'll Rams think, would think, be interesting. No, but it's the quarterback matchups. You get Rodgers and Mahomes against against Brady. On, That's what they're looking at. On the road, it's Bears and no. Lions and Broncos and Raiders and no. Giants. 
Um, Brady going back. Brady going back to New York. Always fun. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they'll they'll figure it out. I mean, the the, the but the, you can mark it down that Mahomes and Rodgers, those two games and and Breeze, yeah. at least one. The, the three of those games will be on some kind of national TV. And then the other thing is when you get to December, I mean, assuming we play a schedule, you know, a traditional schedule, those Saturday games, the last couple of weeks, right? Yeah. That so they can they, flex they, out. Right. So they could put them on Saturday, mm-hmm. you know, which, yeah, I mean, Hey, hey look, it, it's, it's for, I mean, look, I don't care one iota about Tampa or whether they care or they, but that team and the excitement around that team, they may fall on their face. They may but, go eight and but eight. Mike, here's the other part. Here's the other part of this, too. And this is kind of ties back into the Eagles situation. Okay. You know, it, it was it was this way last year, and it could be the same this year. Think about it, okay? It's tough to reject, obviously, because injuries and all that. But you would think out of the NFC South, you're gonna get the Saints and or the Bucks, right? Like both of them, one will be a division winner and one could very easily be a wild card. Okay. Probably. Yeah. Okay. In the, in the central, you got the Packers, you got the Vikings. That's the bears could be the bears. The bears could still, well, yeah, the bears have quarterback issues, obviously, but who's their, uh, they got a false, but but the bears defense is really good, but I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's more the Vikings and the Packers. Yeah. Okay. And in the West, you're talking San Francisco, the Rams and the Seahawks. In other words, if you're the Eagles or the Cowboys, you know, even with the expanded playoff this year and going to seven playoff seat per yeah you know, playoff teams per conference, that really doesn't open the door for you right now. Yeah, but Kevin, all those teams aren't going to win eleven games. See, oh no, no, I, but no, no, but you're sitting there like they're all going to do. No, I mean the Rams last year, everybody had them in the playoffs, and they and they went nine and seven. So. I'm not going to sit here, especially with a seventh team at it, and say the Cowboys and Eagles both couldn't get in the playoffs. It just makes it tougher. That's, I mean, you, you might have. It's a real tough road is what I'm saying. Well, but yeah, but but look, the Vikings might go nine and seven. I don't know. The, the Bucks might go nine and seven. Oh, and Arizona. And by the way, Arizona, Arizona's got the best wide receiver in the game and DeAndre Hopkins. That's fine. But, the, but, the, but then that's fine. But in that division will be lucky to go seven and nine probably. But. We don't know. They, I mean, every year there's like three teams that made the playoffs that don't make the playoffs and three teams. So, you know, I'm not going to say, would it, would it behoove the Eagles to win the division? Yes. And has anybody repeated in that division since 2004? No. So, you know, maybe this is the year somebody does it. Yeah. I, I don't know. But, you know, you know going into the season, you're probably going to have to win 10 games to make the playoffs. Some years, especially with an extra team, Maybe nine is enough if you win the tiebreaker. Maybe eight. Um, and the Eagles could be a nine or ten win team. Dallas could be a nine or ten win team. I don't, you know, um, yeah. But I'll tell you right now, like, if you said to me right now, you put a gun to my head, would the Bucks make the playoffs or not? I'd probably say yes. And they haven't made the playoffs in forever. I, I don't know, like, when the last time they were in. Probably the um, last year, one of the last years with Gruden. And it's going to be one of the – and look, ESPN is going to drive you nuts because people, and the NFL Network. It's going to be the biggest story. Like, if, let's say the Bucks start out 5-2. and two. Can you imagine – like, and Brady's playing well and Gronk's playing okay. And, you know, I mean, it's just – it's going to be nuts. The only bad thing is they don't play New England this year. That would have been – that would have been, like, too much. 
<laughs> Brady goes back to New England or something. That may Whatever. be next year. I, I don't know. I And you know what? Maybe he's shot, Kevin. Maybe. Maybe, really, maybe to, you know, he's going to wake up one day and li- try to lift the arm and go, oh, my God, I can't do it. You know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen to Drew Brees. It's going to happen to Aaron Rodgers. We can see it already happening a little bit. That's just, you know, Philip Rivers. You know, guys get old. You play quarterback for 16 years. You're getting hit. You know, it's like a pitcher that throws pitches for 16 years. Yep. Eventually, your arm says, no mas. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't do this anymore. Um, but he seems like he's broken the mold so far. So I think he's determined to play at 45. Yeah. I, I, just I think do. he is too. So are you, are you going to be fascinated by the draft on Thursday night? No, I'm never fascinated by it. I mean, I follow it. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, one thing we didn't talk about. Because you asked me about it. The Jordan thing was excellent. And I'm probably. I didn't say it, it yet. Will, it will get tedious. Did you see it? I haven't yet. Okay. I will. It, it will get like I, 10 parts of this will probably get a little tedious. But it was. And, and I guess this has been 23 years in the making or whatever trying to get this. But the thing was, you saw Michael Jordan was never one of those guys that let you in. Mm-hmm. He let well, you he in. Lets you, he let you in on the, in this. And you also get led into the whole. The, the first couple episodes, anyway, it was a Scotty Pippen, Jerry Krause. Because I got to be honest with you, when I was watching this, I had forgotten how that had broken up. Yeah. I really did. I, I didn't remember that they basically said, that's it. Phil's gone. Scotty's gone. And then Michael said, well, if they're not going to be here, I'm gone. And I don't know if they could have won it again the next year or, you know, what would have happened. And now I think the next two episodes have to do with Rodman. And the Detroit, when they were trying to beat Detroit, those couple. Right. But I tell you what, Kevin. And even if there was other stuff on now that would take me away from that, I think I really. It reminded me of like the OJ when they did the OJ six parter or whatever. Right. It really was something that you just sort of couldn't take your eyes. And I'm not the biggest. Let's relive Michael Jordan again. But the one thing I will say, I didn't realize this. I always knew Michael was really, really good. Obviously. And when I say Wilt was the greatest, I'm not trying to take away from Michael's greatness. One iota. Michael may be the greatest. Right. Who knows? But when you go back and see films of this guy, you realize how great he really was. Like they had that 63-point game he had against the Celtics in the playoffs. Yeah. And Larry Bird's just sitting there going, yeah, you know, what could we do? Um, and in college even – like, because they didn't win championships, you know, they won as a freshman and you win. I just had forgotten how really good – and, you know, he got drafted third, and I have no problem with Akeem Olajuwon going first. I mean, you know, and Portland had a reason for taking Sam Bowie because they already had Clyde Drexler. Right. I would have loved to have seen Clyde and Michael play together. Sure. That's a whole other question. But when you when you look back on it, because it's been 30 years. Yeah. yeah I mean – it really did bring back a lot of stuff. I it's I funny because I I will be I have ESPN Plus, so I'm going to probably end up watching it tonight or tomorrow. Well, so. I think they're replaying. Uh, let me see. On Sunday before they re they do the two new ones, they're doing they the two might old be ones. Playing part one and two. I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't I can't put four hours in. Yeah, hour. four hours. No, two hours was enough. Like two hours, I was fine with that. But and you know what the interesting – and you tell me if I'm wrong about this. On ESPN, he actually – they say the F word a lot. And then on ESPN – I could say here. Right. 
I didn't think they were allowed to do that. No, they what they did was they split the feed, where ESPN, um, ESPN had the uncensored version and ESPN two had a censored version. They put a, I I, I saw did, they I put did, a big disclaimer on it. They did put a disclaimer, but I didn't know they were allowed to do that. If you put I, a warning on it, you can. Well, see now to me, everything from here on out will. Have well, a it's a, it's a it. Well, the FCC. <laughs> Because it's cable, because it's, right. you have to pay for it, right? The FCC uh, allows them to have more leeway than it would. Does, like on Channel F- Six, they wouldn't. Does the FCC have any rules on why I pay for cable and still get commercials? I've no. wondered that my whole life. No, I pay for TV, I pay for cable, and yet the cable channels. You ever think why you're getting charged a regional rates, uh, regional sports fee now when? There's no regional sports going on? But, but that's a different argument that they could say, well, and they could say, we're giving you regional replays. But I'm just saying, what I pay, you know, whatever I pay a month for cable, why should there be commercials on the cable channel? Yeah. I understand that 6 and 10 and 3 have commercials because they're over the right. channels. But why, if I'm listening to TNT, should TNT have commercials if I'm paying to get TNT? I have no clue. I. You're going back to the old Prism days for me. Prism was commercial free. No commercials on Prism? No. For a, I, for a lot of years. I think at the end they may have put commercials in, like for sporting events and everything. Yeah. But that helped yeah. pay for the rights fees and all that. So Yeah, I know. I Look, I get it. It's free enterprise. But to me, if I'm paying to watch a cha- channel, then why should they have commercials? I don't know. Uh, you, you should definitely. So who do you think the Eagles are going to take? Because by the time we're on with Kevin, we'll have no, we'll notice. I think they'll get Jefferson. Yeah, that that. So, so I want Riggs, but I think they'll end up with Jefferson. And Jefferson's more of a slot guy, right? Yeah. See, they don't need a slot guy. See, I, that. Well, unless you're draining now, Sean. No, no, but isn't isn't um, Whiteside? He's a slot guy, right? You can have that two slot have, guys. They need a guy on the outside who can fly down the field. Uh, I bet you they still think that's the Sean. Well, that for this year, that could be. I, I get it, Mike. I, yeah, I, think, I think Riggs is the guy, and that's why I would go get Riggs. Ruggs? But or, or Rugs, I'm sorry. I think they're going to get. I see. Here's my, my fear. I, I always look at it as the worst case scenario. That way, I'm, 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 I'm happy when they don't. They're going to get the receiver they don't want. Yeah, pretty like, much. You know, they're good. Like if there's five receivers on the board, and they'll say we really like this guy and this guy and this guy. And they're going to end up with the guy. They're like, eh, he's good. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, but then maybe maybe it's like that one year where the Eagles wanted like three safeties or three cornerbacks, didn't get them, and then ended up with Malcolm Jenkins by default. Yeah. You know, he turned out to be great. Yeah. So Friday, we will have Kevin Nagandi on. Uh, he will join us uh, to talk. First night of the NFL draft, all things sports. Talk about Temple for with him. Obviously, I think he's Temple's most influential grad right now in the sports media. Well, that's because ESPN plays him up like every chance they get, which is fine. Yeah, I got no, pro- I got no problem with that. Um, so uh, Kevin will join us. Uh, I thought I was Temple's most influential. I was. Guy. That's why I was sending you up for the punchline. Um, <laughs> we have. Yeah, and Kev, you know what's good though, Kev. He has fun with it. Oh, he does. Like, I like guys who have, who don't, you, you can tell he doesn't, I don't know, Kevin. You can tell he doesn't take himself too seriously. No. 
or at least that's how he comes off. Exactly. And he has fun with it. And, that, and that's that. That's all I can ask. And we'll talk guys. to him about college football, obviously, since he is ABC's um, studio host uh, in the fall yeah. on Saturdays yeah. and, and where he thinks this is going to be going. Uh, next week, uh, we have Larry Bella on Monday. Uh, Philly's great shortstop has agreed to join us. We're also working on a, another high-profile guest. Mike knows who I'm talking about. Uh, this would be the most. Uh, this would be as good a get as you can get in Philadelphia sports. Would you agree? Who? The person I'm trying to get to come on uh, next week with uh, behind Larry Bella. I gotta be honest with you. You forgot. I thought Jay, I thought Jay Roy was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think Larry Bow is pretty good. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I mean, but again, I grew up with Larry Bow. Um yeah, if it's a guy that I think you're you're you I think you're thinking of, yeah, that would be Mount Rushmore yeah. guy. Oh, 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 oh man. Um well that 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 knocks it down. Yeah, well, it can't be Wilt. No. <laughs> If it if it was Wilt, then we then we would be getting paid for the show next week. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, that leaves okay. Let me let me in my head. Who am I? Who am I miss? What what sport am I missing here? Baseball, basketball, hockey, football. I, I, I I'm 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 my mind is kind of warped. I, I I'm trying to come up with an answer in my head, but I'm not sure I'm coming up with the right one. BP. Yeah, that's right. That's where I thought you were yeah. going. Oh, what I, first of all, if you do, that'll last three hours. Yes. <laughs> and, and of that three hours, sports might have five minutes to do with it. But it'll be awesome. Oh. <laughs> it's always awesome. Larry's going to be awesome. Larry about uh, baseball Larry, is awesome. Larry's, look, there was times when I didn't, I didn't think Larry was a good manager. Per se, I don't. Well, let's not say that until Larry comes on, please. No, no, no. I'm just saying. But I, but he, he didn't. He was dealt a bad hand. Yeah, he was. was he was dealt a bad hand. So, but what he's done since then, both on the air and as a member of the coaching staff and all, I think there's there's nobody place. smarter in the game than Larry Bell. And really, how many guys have given more to the Phillies organization? Than oh, him? he's a he's a pantheon guy. And here was a guy who was traded away. Maybe a little too soon. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand why they made that trade. And the Phillies made the World Series in 83, but then the Cubs should have made the World Series in 84. Yep. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Larry's luck. And nobody knows more baseball than Larry Boa. I mean, wh whatever you... And it must be of, weird for him at this time of year not having baseball. Oh, you know, you I think mean, you miss spring training? Well, I mean, Larry was at spring training. Yeah, but I'm just, but he, yeah, you didn't get the. Does he miss the game? Well, I guarantee you, I'm going to ask him this next week when we, how he feels about the Hall of Fame. And does he think, like, when you look back, because I, I said him and Concepcion were the two shortstops that I remember from the 70s. Mm -hmm. And then Ozzy Smith came along. Yeah. And Ozzy was Ozzy. And, and I'm probably missing somebody from the American League, maybe. Like, there might have been maybe a great shortstop. And, he finished with 2,000 hits for a guy that didn't think could hit a buck 50. Um, I think he held the fielding record for fielding percentage at the time he retired. He did. I could Okay. So somebody has to tell me 
How a player of that ill, 2,000 hits for a shortstop is pretty good. It is. It ain't Derek Jeter. Nope. Okay? It's pretty good. And played on four division, five division champions, um, won a World Series. I just don't know how that guy didn't get more consideration for, and, and we're talking about Richie Allen. Dick, I have no problem with Dick Allen going into the Hall of Fame at all. Richie to me. Right. But. I think Larry Boa, and I'd have to look up Dave Concepcion's numbers, um, but Larry Boa, to me, should at the very least be a consideration for Cooperstown. Right. But, you know, I'm not, you're more in touch with baseball voters than I am, and I understand how guys kind of got, you know, and now you look at his numbers and maybe you're not as impressed. Um, But, boy, he was good, Kevin. Oh, God, he was, I mean, he was like a vacuum cleaner. He was. Yeah. And, yeah, like I said, him and Concepcion, and those 12 games they played the Reds every year, him and Concepcion played them like they were playing against each other. Yep. I mean, it, it was great. It was great. They, they, those were the days, man. The 18 games against the Buccos, the 12 against the Dodgers and the Reds. You talk about must-see baseball? Yep. Oh, God. So that's next week, but Kevin Nagandi will join us on Friday. Our thanks to Dana O'Neill and Mike Jensen. This was an informative uh roughly 100 minutes here uh, that we had. Uh, Mr. Kern, I appreciate it. And yeah, uh, I will see you on I will see you on uh, Friday. That's our next show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. This has been Work on the Beat. Well, you went uptown riding in your limousine